inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook. A show about accessibility. Advocacy. And equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Monday and welcome to Outlook this morning. Hi, Brian. I'm here with my brother and I am Carrie. Hey, we are back live in studio for the second week in a row. And uh, it's another mixed bag Monday today. Just the two of us in studio again, but we do have lots on the docket to talk about. So. <laughs> talk it. You sound like we're, know, we're judges. I don't know why I like using that word. I think it sounds, it sounds cool. It sounds... Uh, like you say, it sounds like we're in court. Isn't it? <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I don't know if that's cool, but I don't know. I just like Speaking how... Speaking of lawyers, we're going to actually be speaking with... Um, we've had him on the show before on Outlook. Um, a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, he'll be... We're speaking with him on Thursday, and it'll be air on Family Day here on Radio Western. So everybody will be scattered everywhere, hopefully seeing some family, but... Uh, yeah, nice, so that's a, nice a pre-record that we'll be doing this week that'll air next Monday as it is the, the family day holiday, as you just said. We won't be back live in studio next week, um, but there will be a new episode, so definitely still tune in next week, same time at 11 a.m. And again, just to mention, you can find us on, on all podcast services, Outlook on Radio Western if you miss any episodes. And uh, care, we're, we're getting close. This is episode 191, so we're <gasps> going to be hitting episode 200 okay. in the next couple of months here. Nice. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I uh, I keep track of this stuff, and mm-hmm. well, I mean, I have all the episodes in a folder on my computer at home, and so every now and again, I like to update our listeners, let us let them know kind of how many episodes we've done, and mm-hmm. always have more to do. So, well, as we said, this is Outlook, and you're listening on ninety four nine Radio Western. And do you want to start talking about radio, Brian? Radio. Yeah, well, it gets, just so happens that today is World Radio Day, which. Again, we talk on the show so much about all these different days. Yeah, it's just fun though. It's a day to collect information to share. I don't know. Yeah, gives you some just gives you a sort of yeah direction. Good call. Yeah, just a <laughs> a way to sort of uh, have a theme for that day's show, or at least partially a theme. And of course, last we wrapped up White Cane Week last week. We mentioned that uh, it was White Cane Week, which we might get, we'll get into that probably a little bit as well on today's program. It just wrapped up, but there is something in our notes tying into that mm-hmm. that we will want to mention. But yeah, I thought. To start off the show, it would be worth mentioning this World Radio Day since this is a radio show first and foremost, even though... Yeah, we started here on Radio Western as a radio show, although we started, we had a podcast before that, and then it became a radio show podcast. So it's, I think it's not that common to do it that way. It's kind of a unique situation we we got going here, but it's great. We like it. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of radio shows, like CBC has tons of shows that are on CBC radio, and then well, they're up as, available as a podcast after, but it's often the opposite where, you know, a lot of people CBC don't have... CBC is kind of different, yeah. Right, but my point being that lots of lots of people don't necessarily have access to be on a radio station, mm-hmm. so a podcast is something you can kind of easily do from home, whereas radio, you know, you do need to have a transmitter or have a license to be able to broadcast on the FM radio, so it is kind of separate, but yet they're both very similar in the sense that they're both audio based I mean they're, you can have video podcasts and stuff but at, you know at, at, in the um, at its core it's it's a 
audio medium that doesn't have a visual aspect to it. Yeah. So radio and pod- podcasts are is almost just the new yeah, it's 20, the 21st century version or whatever. of radio. Yeah. And uh, radio, of course, being, you know, originating so long ago in the uh, early... Over 100 years yeah, ago. Yeah, over 100 years ago now. So it's, it's one of these things that's been before television and it also... It's one of these things that in, in poorer countries or certain areas that, you know, aren't as as privileged or, or you know, it's, it's one of those mediums that more people can access because it is a free medium out there. Of course, you need, need to have a radio of some sort to pick it up. But also, like, for example, if the hydro goes out and you have a battery-operated radio, that's one form where you can still get news and, and communicate. It's on the airwaves. Yeah, so it's a, it is an important medium. But I thought I would just read the statement I found online through UNESCO um, who actually organized this World Radio Day. Um, so yeah, World Radio Day is an international day celebrated on the 13th of February each year. The day was decided by UNESCO on November 3rd, 2011, during its 36th conference. And CARE, just so you know, the theme for the 12th edition of the World Radio Day, which is celebrated today, 13th of February, 2023... I don't know if you want to try on the table. It doesn't usually sound very great. I, w- I don't have a sound effect. <laughs> well, there's a table here, but it never sounds great to just no. do one with your fingers, so I'm not going to bother. But uh, the theme this year is radio and peace. That's a, a nice theme that we can get behind on. Yeah, read on. It's on Outlook. But yeah, it, t- it touches on some points here that really do tie into this show in particular. But um, So UNESCO highlights independent radio, which is what we are on here, independent college radio, is a pillar for conflict prevention and peace building war as an antonym to peace is that the right did I mean to say word? antonym yeah that's right the, the opposite yeah. uh, it's not a word I've seen in braille or felt in braille I guess I should say in a while antonym war as an antonym to peace signifies an armed conflict between countries or groups within a country but may also translate into a conflict of media narratives the narrative can increase tensions or maintain conditions for peace in a given context. For instance, weigh in on the rough or smooth conduct of elections, the rejection or integration of returnees, the rise or tempering of nationalistic fervor, etc. So this is very, very I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear, I I, you didn't run this part <laughs> over with me. I only heard the other part, which was great, but. Uh. Okay, maybe I'll skip ahead a little bit here, because this is a little bit, uh, a little more in depth than I wanted to maybe get into, but here, here's a better statement here. So radio is a powerful medium for celebrating humanity and all its diversity and constitutes a platform for democratic discourse. At the global level, radio remains the most widely consumed medium. That's what I mentioned earlier that it is more available than certain technology in certain poorer areas or you know wherever it may be but um goes on to say here that this unique ability to reach out the widest audience means radio can shape a society's experience of diversity stand as an arena for all voices to speak out be represented and heard radio stations should serve diverse communities offering a wide variety of programs viewpoints and content and reflect the diversity of audiences in their organizations and operations. So there you go. Yeah, that's, a, that is that is tied to what, what we do here and why we love doing what we're doing here. Um, because, yeah, it's, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you want all these, every station to have all of that. <laughs> you know, such a wide kind of array of programming, but that doesn't always work well, out. Well, that's why I like reasons, how. But yeah, that's what, it's great. Like you said, basically across the world, radio is known for that, so. 
Well, I like how they mentioned the independent radio in particular in here because, yeah, like, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, all radio, you know, even more mainstream stations have, you know, we have the CBC and and, Standards. Uh, and these things. But well, at the same point, this the whole idea of independent and community radio and college radio is that it is very free form and allows for more content. Whereas, you know, you have both in life, you have certain services that are very specific mm-hmm. that offer kind of one thing, one place, you know, what, what, you're, what you're getting. Whereas on these stations that are, free forum you get all sorts of content throughout the week and that's what is great about radio western here is that you know there's there's this talk show there's students have talk shows now more and more where it's it's growing since the pandemic and things have opened up again and it does give so many different viewpoints and it's uh it it is so important to have that in, in community right on so happy world radio day and i don't think i would have remembered that it was february 13th until uh, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, it's World Radio Day. So how was your weekend? It was pretty busy. Uh, more so than a lot I mean, of weekends. I, I, I know. I was with you Saturday. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. the rest of your weekend. Well, I thought, I didn't know if we wanted to kind of start with with Friday and and, uh, and what that was and how that tied into Saturday. Because I did, I did do some stuff yesterday that I do want to get into as well. Um, but uh, as we said, lots of, lots of topics on this Mixed Bag Monday. Yeah, raring to go. Um, but I guess I, I'll, I'll start by saying last night was uh, the Super Bowl. So we're mm. both pretty tired today, right, Care We were both up <laughs> partying yeah. for the Super Bowl. I just wait till I get a notification on my phone from the New York Times. Oh, this is who won. Good. Yeah, I'm being happy. If you can't tell through, uh, through the radio waves, I'm being sarcastic. I've definitely gotten into sports a little more the last decade or so, and but baseball's been the main one that I've, I've gotten into. And it's baseball's pretty easy to follow on a, on a radio broadcast. They do really great job of describing what's happening football i've never really taken the time it's definitely a little bit more action packed than than baseball um so it's a little harder to get into and i've just never really taken the time to 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 get into it but yet maybe it wouldn't be my interest i'm not sure but but yeah i'm kind of the same with you as you like i've never really gotten into football i've never really watched the super bowl of course if i if somebody invited me sometime i'd you know i wouldn't be opposed to going but it's not quite my quite my thing did you hear about the commercial there was a lot of commercials, obviously, but the one, I think it was Dave Grohl did a whole thing on Canada. It was a, what was the commercial for again? I can't remember, but it was all about all this stuff that came from Canada. And I think oh. it was, I think it was Dave Grohl. I don't know if I heard that, but there was some. Crown Royal. Or? Was there, was there something about um, so, uh, someone who was deaf? Yeah, I think sang the national anthem. Right. And there was, so there was um, ASL, like sign language, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess we should have, well, maybe this is one of the things we should have looked up. Again, the Super Bowl being not the top of mind thing for me. I'm just remembering right. that now yeah. that that had happened. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's always, a, of course, so many millions of people watching this the Super Bowl that it is a time that if, if you want to get a message out, it is a pretty good time to do it because it's, you know, there's always so much talk about the, the Super Bowl ads oh, and yeah. all the stuff that uh, goes on in between the game. And uh, so it is good, you know, to see these, you know, disability getting talked about on on uh, during any of the ads or any of the promotion that goes on during the event. So, I'll have to look I'll have to look that one up and maybe talk a little bit more about it on this program because it is a it was an interesting thing I read read the other day about you know this person never imagining growing up that's that you know someone who's deaf would be represented on uh, such a big world event like this or at least big in this <laughs> part of the America, world yeah. North America I guess yeah. Hmm. So that was the Super Bowl. What about you? Well, you didn't want to start at the beginning of the weekend? Oh. I was going <laughs> to start and go backwards. Oh. 
Sorry, my mouth's a little dry. I was just going to grab a sip of water if you want to talk for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, we did celebrate my birthday. It was on Friday. And last one of my 30s. A lot of... I'm doing a lot right now. A lot of things to achieve. A lot of goals I've had in mind for a long time. And I'm going to talk about one of those today. Yeah, happy birthday, Kara. Happy belated birthday. I've already said it to you uh, off air, but... Uh, on yeah. air here, official happy birthday to Carrie. And yeah, like you just mentioned, 39. So I know it's always a question, weird question people ask. How do you feel now? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's sort of like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever when it's, it's just another day. And it's so it's, but it's still, you have but a But I've never been 39 feeling. before. So you just never know what, how you're going to feel about yeah, well, the years going by. And I'm thinking about that myself because I'm currently 35 and I'm going to be 36 coming up here in uh, under a couple months. And um, it's the same idea that now it's like, wow, I'm, 35, you still kind of feel like in your mid-30s, but 36, you start to feel like you're nearing the end, getting closer to the end of the 30s. Oh, I thought you were going to say closer to the end. I was like, well, no, that's, that's exaggerating. So they do. It does have an effect, and, you, you know, I start to think of it too, and I feels like, I, in some ways, it feels like a long time ago when I was 18, but in other times, it feels like just yesterday, and now it's like, wow, I'm twice that coming up here. It's yeah, hard to imagine. So I don't know. How, how do you feel kind of about the whole thing the last few days, and how are you doing? Uh, well, like I said, it's tied into... At this moment, I'm ticking off a few of these things on my, I don't know, life list, whatever you call that. Uh, And so one of them is the website that I'm launching. And so I just tying it with my birthday. I mean, I could spend the whole hour talking about how I'm feeling getting older because I think the more, the the older I get, the more, I guess, worried I get about the world and things, but I'm not going to spend the whole hour talking about that. I'm not going through all the things we know are in the news, objects flying around. Yeah, people can hear all that stuff on so many places right now. Yeah, I mean, it's on my mind, and it's like, I had a great weekend. Uh, I had a sleepover at my house with my nephew and my sister. Yeah, I was wondering how that went. Oh, did did you end up going bowling yesterday? No. There was some talk of... He he found, he invited his friend, so I'll go another time, uh, I think... I think because uh, I felt kind of bad actually after you kind of brought up the idea of going. Then our nephew asked if if I'd be if I'd be coming if they went, and mm-hmm. I already had plans yesterday, and so I was like, no, I I wouldn't well, we'll be able to. But time. but yeah, of course we could do it again some other time. It's just bowling is one of those things I, you know, <laughs> we talk on this show about sports, and this ties into another story that I have in my notes here. <laughs> yeah. Another thing in the news that I heard this morning, but right. you know that was one of the sports growing up that not being able to see people kind of thought like oh this is something you could kind of do of course it's like any of these things there's ways to do them they just take different uh, methods of, of of doing it or accessibility functions to to make them sort of work your way but that was sort of one of those things that we used to go to with camp certain camps for the blind that we were involved in growing up um, but something like bowling I haven't done in, in I don't even know how long <laughs> at least 20 years probably I, th- I think I might have been in high school yeah I, can't I went remember. with friends one time yeah, no, I used to do it, uh, and I used to have more sight, so I used to be able to spot when the pins. I used to be able to spot the pins because it was a contrasting thing. the The pins were lighter, and the background behind them is dark, or was, so I could see when one would knock over, and I could sort of count how many were still up, uh, and I could see the lane, the outline of the lane, anyway. So I at least could have an idea, and I'd be nervous to try again. But uh, you know, it could be something fun to do with the kids sometime again. Yeah, it just sounded like something different that I, like I haven't done so long, and yeah. and uh, something to something to get out and 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 do with the kids because yeah, just to just to show different things. Like obviously for me, you just talked about 
visually and how things were different back in the day when you had a bit more vision than I did. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, my vision's always been the same and it's very low. I just really have just a little bit of light perception. Yeah, but not you couldn't make to, out pins. No, not enough to be able to see any pins when I'm bowling. So a lot of that was just kind of, you'd maybe have someone sometimes with you that would kind of say, yeah. like sort of help you sort of line up or figure out kind of where yeah. you are. Put your feet here. No, put, you know, stand straighter so that when you toss the ball forward, it won't veer. But sometimes we would have like the, those bumpers out or whatever they are. Uh, or sometimes there's this, there's like a ramp thing you can kind of use, which, you know, for a lot of people that'd be like, that's, you know, that's, what's the word? Is sort of cheating or not doing it properly, but everyone's at a well, different, there's I, a, there's, I mean, back then, especially when I would, we were kids, there was more sort of, there is stigma around using adaptive equipment and things, right? To still participate or whatever you need to do, whether you're, you know, still young, a kid and you haven't. You know, like there's reasons why they have these things and that's why it's great if it's universal and anybody could possibly need them and hopefully that sort of reduces stigma around it. But yeah, there's ways to adapt and I don't know if you have it right there in your notes, but we could just... Yeah, well, I thought I might thing. quickly just mention it. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I don't know how much time we'll have because we have so much to cover today. But yeah, I just thought I would mention the fact that we're talking about sports and how growing up, you know, there's always a mixture of... Is it the interest that you don't pursue if you're not as into it, but also if you're not given the opportunities, maybe you don't always know what you might be interested in. And of course, we were given more opportunities than some. We had swimming lessons there for a little bit in the early grades. Well, I was in gym for some of the activities they would, kids would, the kids would do. Uh, but then I also got kidney disease right in the middle of elementary years. And so it wasn't just my blindness that was my problem anymore. It was physically having the energy to do it. Um, and now it would be that I don't have the sight that I had then. So it would be a whole different experience. And we know there's sports for the blind, like, you know, goalball where there's the bell and the ball. And then there's even, you know, sports that everyone plays that have, you know, altered versions for, for people who are blind, like the, the blind hockey stuff that we still need to get someone on. We do, yeah. We actually were going to book someone on from uh, Blind Sports Canada or whatever. I forget the blind official name. Blind Hockey Canada. Blind Hockey, yeah. In 2020, but that's right when the pandemic started. And then so we had to end up uh, postponing that. But we'll we'll get that on eventually. But yeah, just... The fact that you and I growing up, yeah, we, we were integrated in the public school system, which we say was a positive experience, but sometimes the neg one of the negatives from that is you don't always get the same training in, in physical activities. And um, yeah, I went to f phys ed class up to a certain point, but in the later grades, it did get more active and fast paced and I didn't yeah. keep up. And I also didn't have, you know, teachers that were maybe they're kind of pushing it or kind of helping me with it. But yet I also didn't approach them and say, I really want to do this. So it's, it's sometimes hard to know, but... But I just want to quickly mention that, yeah, I heard this news story this morning that Western researchers create an online resource to support physical activity for children with disabilities. And this is referred to as Everyone Can Play. And this it's a website that lists inclusive activities and programs in London and surrounding areas. So I think this is a really neat initiative that uh, that they're doing. And um, we'll share the the link to the to the resource um, in our podcast notes. But you can also reach out if you if you know of any services that um, aren't listed on their on their website. Um, it's cyn at london.ca is what you can email, and the resource to find all this info, as I said, we'll we'll share it in the notes. But it's cyn everyone can play dot my dot canva c a n v a dot yeah. site. So it's kind of a long. I heard that this morning on the news, and I thought, oh my gosh, I know. I they're can't like, remember that. they're like, get a pen out if you can. And I have my phone. <laughs> Some people might be like, oh, you're blind. How are you going to do that? But we can. We have our iPhones, and we can we can text on those on the touch screen, um, or type. 
easily. Um, but even then, yeah, I was like, oh, that, uh, but I did have my computer at the one time and I tried to type it out, but I didn't quite get it right. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, then I just Googled Western <laughs> develops, um, something about, I don't know, I put in some keywords and it, uh, it did end up showing up. So I had the official site, but yeah, it's CYN everyone can play dot M Y dot C A N V A dot site, but we will share that <laughs> yeah, in the, in the notes. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I heard a bunch of pens scratching and madly, right? when you did that yeah everyone's trying to catch up but yeah definitely a, a nice resource I, I did take a brief look at it this morning and um you know it i don't know how much it focuses specific on on blindness from what i saw of course like any disability would be would fit i'm sure but a lot of it was about you know different um mental dis- like autism or yeah like uh, yeah like a lot of different sort of mental disabilities and stuff like that um well that's the thing i a lot of kids got a lot of encouragement and a lot of joy out of these sort of things, but there is this fine line in, when you talk about sports and activities for kids with disabilities and people with disabilities. It's the whole thing of the Special Olympics. Well, yeah, that's it's another... Like, it, it gets a little bit patronizing. Well, that's an interesting... But but also, at the same time, I'm not saying we don't want these opportunities. It's just it's just how they're, how they're run... I guess. Well, again, it starts to come down sometimes again to the wording of, of things as well. And yet, it's just interesting when you do say that now and it makes me think that when I was looking through it, a lot of it did mention special Olympics and special this and yeah. it, it's that's a term in like, particular. Like, why that, special? It's just, I know, we've, it's just kids playing sports. It's just some kids playing sports. Kids happen to have these disabilities. Uh, any kid m- might have, right? But it's just so, I don't know, special. Like, and that's the thing. I don't. I'm not really a fan of the term special needs, but other people are fine with it. So I'm not saying entirely. Right. We're not trying to get too picky here with the words, no, but, but it's just it is a word I see in that. Now, the older I get and the more aware I am with advocacy, I do see the word kind of special, and it's almost like I don't know. I don't know how much I. It's not. I don't, something it, about it I don't love, but yeah. But that's that's besides the point of the fact that these these resources are still important. Yes, they are to get uh, people, children with disabilities in particular, active and. And, uh, you know, I'm not a child anymore, so this resource maybe not as much for me, but I something I do want to look into eventually, I've mentioned before, came up last week with uh, Kim Kilpatrick, who we had on, was, was swimming. Yeah. And that's an activity I've thought about getting back into it again at some point, because being active, as we all know, is uh, important, something we all try to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. And we'll talk about my birthday and my announcement of my website. Yeah, do you want to save that for the second half? I think so, we still yeah. Have a, we still have a few minutes left here, so I can... Well, do you want to... Talk about the Senate um, Bill C twenty two. Quick. You want me to talk about that? I do want to. I do want to talk about my experience yesterday as well. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Go ahead. Again, we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. It was a busy weekend. I was in Woodstock mm-hmm. on Saturday for. I had a dinner. Carrie's birthday it was the day after your birthday, but it just worked out best for us to meet with some family that day. So I came back to Woodstock that day, and uh, that's another situation where, you know, you realize your blindness, and of course, we're lucky. Our parents, you know, are are here and they're able to drive and, you know, willing to come pick me up for this event because they, they want me to be there and stuff like that. But yet it does make you think sometimes it's a lot of driving from London to Woodstock back and forth all the time. And it just, you start to think a little bit sometimes when you can't see about that, how it's like, you know, of course well, you don't have the it, convenience of just yeah, doing no, it on your own. Like you would love to be able to just come down by yourself independently in, in your own car for my birthday dinner and then go back home, right? It doesn't have to be such a big thing, but somehow it turns into it for some reason. I don't know. Well, it's the, it's the fact that we don't have it, uh, our own easy access hop on somewhere to get from Woodstock to London really fast. Uh, and though, so yeah, the older you get, you do start to feel, you know, 
should I be doing this myself? Am I and eventually imposing and on everybody? You know, and, f- and you did, so. Right, I mean, the, the fact is that we do have very easygoing parents who, you know, were lucky in that sense that they but were willing to... you did go yesterday, so we can talk about that. I know, but just take it easy over there. Um, <laughs> well, trying to keep us moving along. I know, I know sorry. sorry. We, this hour just, just flies by before we know it, and uh, before you know it, it's, it's, it's over. But yeah, sorry, that's just another thing I did want to bring up, and I guess it, it also kind of ties into Sunday a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just that the thing you always think about in the back of your mind, and you know, we won't always have the luxury of having our parents to, to do this for us, unfortunately, and that's just the reality that we're going to have to... And of course, when that time comes, we'll have to find our own way but it's um just something I do think about and you know that day in particular I was lucky that they were willing to come all the way here to pick me up and then come all the way back to take me home that night too so that's you know three hours of driving in the uh, in the day to to do all that but so shout out to my parents appreciate it but uh yeah I'll talk a little bit about yesterday care and uh the trip I took to Aeolian Hall here in London and this was for a, uh, a new series that they're putting all on called Sounding Board Music Series at the Aeolian. And this was the first show of this series. There's some more coming up. These are all free shows. So if you go to the Aeolian Hall website, just look them up online. Uh, maybe we'll share a link to this in the notes as well. But you can find out about the upcoming shows because they already mentioned a couple more that will be coming up. But this one in particular had to do with the... Um, this, this ties in again to the UNESCO... Um, what is UNESCO exactly? I should look it up more. You, you know what? I just took a travel tourism class and I I should know what that is. The United Nations something social. It's, yeah, I should it's, know. It's through the United Nations. I, I passed the course, but uh, I I think. But yeah. London was, it was recently named a World Music Heritage City by UNESCO. Yeah, it's about heritage for all over the world in different places. And this Aeolian Hall is a, Preserving a historical building. It's been around, you know, a long time and it's such a nice place. So to celebrate uh, this, you know, London becoming this um, world music heritage city. The Aeolian ran a songwriting contest last year to support local songwriters. And uh, it just so happened that my uh, good friend Matthew Martin won second place in this contest last year. So this was a showcase where the three, the top three perf- uh, people who won this, this contest performed. Um, so it was Tara Dunphy had first place, Matthew Martin second, and Stephen Ingram had uh, third place. So all three of them performed yesterday, and um, Matt, somebody I've known for over 30 years now, we met. Actually, our, our parents met, our moms met at uh, kindergarten res- registration back in 1992. Uh, and we're still, we're still friends, you know, 31 years later. Uh, and I've played with Matt before. We were in a project called Trusty Fox before, which is no longer a thing, but uh, Matt's gone on to do to work on solo stuff, and it was just, you know, I was really happy for my friend to get into this, so I felt like I should definitely go out and support. And that's the kind of thing, like, for me, if I lived in London, I might have gone to check it out to support London music, local music, but being blind and even just London to Woodstock, without my own vehicle, there's no quick, like, there's train, and, like, there's things, but it's it's not so simple, and so it's, yeah, it sounds like it would have been a good show. Yeah, and me even living in London... You know, I really wanted to go when I heard about this event because I wanted to support my friend. I well, also I know you to... said that during COVID, you kind of came and went into your shell a bit more. You haven't taken well, the bus as much, but you still do. Well, yeah, we're talking, we talked about age already now with, with your birthday. birthday and my birthday coming up. And it's, there's so many things in life, right? Like back in the day, I lived in Toronto for a number yeah. of years in my early yeah, you 20s. Really you, you're younger. Um, so I definitely felt like I got out a lot then. And then in London here, I 
have over time and before the pandemic we were traveling to British Columbia for the these conventions and mm-hmm. doing so much but then yeah the pandemic I'm an introverted person to kind of begin with um, so the pandemic kind of fed into that a little bit more to kind of just lose a bit of that confidence and a lot of it's just jumping into things which is so many things in life you know you don't yeah hey, we'll talk about that in the second half right about my situation ties into your your new website um, but yeah it's the whole idea of jumping into something new and an unknown situation so I really wanted to go to this event, but then again, it gets me thinking. It's like, I've been to the Aeolian Hall by myself at least once. Um, um, with my ex-girlfriend a few years ago, we ended up going to see a jazz concert, and that was really fun. It was really great that we made it, but that was in 2019, so that was so long ago. I couldn't quite remember how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, we have you know Google Maps and all of these things, so I, I typed it into Google Maps to get an idea of exactly where it was. I kind of knew in my mind that it was on Dundas in the east end of London. Um, but when I looked it up on Google Maps, it said, you know, to get off at Rectory, and I knew which bus I needed to take from my street to get there. Um, I already knew that because it's the 20 Cherry Hill bus, which is a pretty, you know, has pretty common route here in London that I took quite a bit going to school and stuff back in the day. So I knew which bus to take. But again, it's the whole thing about when you can't see, you can be in quite independent if you have the, the right skills and you've had been lucky to have enough training. And But it's still, it's it's not quite the same as when you can see, you can just kind of go out and just not overthink it, not really plan it, just kind of go with the flow as you, as you get out there. Whereas for us, we kind of have to think about it a little more, be mentally prepared. It's just, you got to be on a little bit more because you are traveling to a place you haven't gone to too often. And it's, um, it's something that it's like anything. It takes practice. And if you're out of practice, you feel a little more nervous or nervous or anxious. So all that kind of goes into it. And it, it just makes it a little bit harder than the average person to get out. And again, that's not to say we can't. Yeah. And, so many things the more you do them the more comfortable you get um but i was like i could have taken an uber there which i do sometimes because you got to base it on the how you're feeling and energy and so many factors but in this case i thought you know for sure i should i should take the bus because i haven't in a while and this is an easy enough place because i have been there pretty much know where it is so yesterday i was slightly anxious but i was like eh, i'm just gonna go for it and uh you know it all worked out fine did, did you so you went on the bus you, you texted me from the bus did you find it right away or did you backtrack yeah, finding the bus was fine because I've, I've taken this 20 like no, I, I know said. I meant when you got off the bus oh yeah so well finding the bus I just wanted to quickly mention one thing that uh that on my street um there's these lights now for sort of crosswalks in the middle in the middle of uh of streets yeah and uh there's the the common announcement Lights, lights, lights are now flashing. Use caution. Vehicles may not stop immediately. <laughs> so it's kind of a bit of a weird message. It's kind of like cross at your own discretion, yeah. which, <laughs> you know, it goes down to the fact that some intersections have lights and stop signs, whereas there's still some out there that aren't controlled and don't have. And of course, if you can see, you can kind of just, it's still not the safest for anyone, probably. Um, Cars may not stop. Right. It's just, it's, it's such an un uncertain kind of message that's like, wait, whose responsibility? So you're kind of on your own when you're traveling in life, but at the same point, there's got to be some responsibility from the drivers and all this stuff too. So <laughs> that announcement in general is kind of, I mean, luckily my street's not always that busy. I'm, it can be busy, but, and cars I can generally still hear. So I knew it was safe to cross and I was fine, but it's just, it's one of those things every time I hear it, I kind of like, oh, um, but I, I know I should wrap this up soon. We need to go out to break. Um, but yeah, so then when I did, I did get on the bus fine, heard the stop. I knew I needed to get off at Rectory because that's what Google Maps told me. Now, I also got an email from Aeolian Hall yesterday, just an update on the show, and they said that the hall is, um, 
it said specifically in the email that it talked about free parking in the area, and then it said it's also accessible to get to the hall but by buses t- two and bus twenty, which I already knew it was bus twenty. But then it also said that which stops at rectory just past the hall. So that that let me know that was helpful because I yeah. knew when I'd get off at uh, off the bus that I had to go backwards. I had to turn back to walk to the back of the bus, not to keep going the way the bus would be going. And I think a lot of venues now, when they send out these reminder emails, th- there's a lot more accessibility inf- accessibility information in them that that tells you things like that. Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more common that they they want people to come. <laughs> they yeah, you want to make it else. welcoming and inclusive for everyone. So to give these types of directions and to say what buses you can take and and what's accessible is is a helpful thing. So I knew all that. The only thing I didn't know is, was it on the south side or north side of the street? And that's something else we have to learn as as people who are blinded specifically. I mean, everyone can be aware of their directions, but for us, it really does help to know that because I knew I was already on the south side taking the bus from my street, um, but I didn't couldn't remember. So I just quickly texted my friend and asked him, um, not my friend who's performing because I figured oh, you know, yeah. I don't want to put that on him today. Right. I'll get someone else to check it out. So I messaged my friend Kyle and uh, he just got back to me right away and said Southside. Um, that, for some reason, that's something I find it's hard to quickly look up on. It reminds me of um, <clears throat> the millionaire show back in the day when you could call a friend. <laughs> yeah. A lifeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah life, I, a bit more, I need a bit more information. And I could have called the hall to ask, but I don't think their box office is open on weekends. I think I would have mm-hmm. had to call during the week. Yeah. Um, well, it's good to have options anyway. Right. So now I know that it's on the south side. So I knew I didn't have to cross to get to the north side of the of Dundas after I got off. So I turned to walk to the back of the bus. And then I also, I did put Aeolian Hall in my Google Maps. I knew it was like, I think it said like walk for like, like you're right 60 there. meters or something. So it's pretty close, but still a little bit of a walk. And that's what makes you feel a little bit dull is when you're blind and you're traveling. Because sometimes you're, you know, you find out you're right at the place. And for some reason you just aren't finding it. And you know, it's something so simple, a sighted person. But even that sighted people can miss that, right? You just, if you're looking the wrong way or whatever. Yeah. Um, so luckily I threw it in the Google Maps there right after I got off. I knew it was close. And then I have to double check this. I feel like when I got off and then I turned to walk to the back of the bus. I think there was one little small street I crossed, unless that was a parking lot. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't right there, but it was pretty close. It was like barely a minute walk. Yes. Um, and then there were people standing outside. I got there early, which is another thing. I'm, You know me. Time management. I've known to be late for events, but I thought for this one, it's nice to get there a bit earlier so that it's not crowded when you go inside so you don't feel as if it's somewhere you're not as familiar with to get around. Um, but the door hadn't even opened yet. It was just before two before the doors were going to open. So there were a couple of people already waiting outside and my phone did say that it was on the left. So I knew I was right there. But then people also said, are you looking for the alien? And they were already there. Um, but yeah, so then from there, doors opened, went inside. I didn't quite know where I was going. Somehow I ended up in the elevator. I think there's stairs maybe if you turn, but I kind of just went straight in or did I turn to the left? Again, it was one of those times where I kind of just followed the people in that were walking in. Yeah, you know, I have yeah, a little bit of sight, crowd. maybe that I can see a bit of a shadow, but it also might just be sensing that you there's somebody. You have to take your cues from other in, in other ways. The environment. There's yeah. so many other ways to do that. It's just it doesn't always lead you straight to something. Sometimes you have to go another way around or get a, get some help from people. Right, and that's also the option. But I kind of just followed some people, and then it ended up again kind of getting right into the elevator, which it's another assumption. Some people think blind people need an elevator, which some might, but I don't. But at the same point, sometimes you just go with it. And in this case, I was just happy that I made it and I was there. Yeah. So I went up the elevator and it's a very welcoming place, the Aeolian. They I don't have mean vol- to be um, I interrupting. I just want to make sure that you're not forgetting the time. And no, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not. I was going to just delay our break a little bit here, but I know we should go out here in a couple minutes. <laughs> How late is it okay to delay a break? There's, it's, it's, it's cool. 
Um, but yeah, so then once I got up off the elevator, I was a little bit kind of confused. I'd been there before, like I said, but um, it's just been so long. It's you simple took the enough. Elevator. The people are like, oh, you need the elevator? Well, there were already people in the elevator. I'd already walked into it without even really realizing There's I was There's nothing there. wrong taking it. Uh, so then, yeah, when I got off there, someone was up there, I think probably just a volunteer. There's lots of volunteers there mm-hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked kind of if I needed any help. And then I kind of just asked where the where the bar was. I wanted to get a drink before the show. Um, and it was pretty much right there. And luckily, they were very helpful. They didn't grab me kind of thing, which we talk about that not being very polite. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very open to just asking me, do you want me to grab your elbow? I said, no, thanks. I'll, verbal, verbal directions are perfectly fine. Got my drink. They helped me find a table. There were nice round tables set up. Um, cool. So yeah, then I sat down and I enjoyed the show. And it so happened my friend's mom was there um, and she offered to get, give me a ride home, which... In that situation, I took it because it was like, I've made my way here myself. I could have made my way home. I could have figured it out, but. Luckily, it's been nice weather again, but I don't really like that in February anyways. Well, it's one of those things that you got to balance it out. It's, it's, I got my, finally, I got another experience to travel somewhere else on bus again since the pandemic that I haven't really (laughs) done much of. So it's a start and it's always a, a work in progress, but just, just to give people a bit of a background on traveling when you can't see and, uh, sort of the things that come into it and. Yeah, a lot of it is just being aware of the environment and really um, being focused. So you just have to be a little bit more mentally prepared and a little more focused than some people might, even though it's important for everyone to be focused when you're traveling. And <laughs> But yeah, we're quite late going to our first break, so let's, uh, let's hit it now. And we'll be back right after this to talk about Carrie's new website here on Outlook on Radio Western. Radio Western. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. I feel like I did a whoa, 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 the fun of using my phone again. I had it on the first, after the theme, but I didn't bring the fader down in time. Oh, well. Yeah. It's like traveling. There's a lot to think about and you have to be on your toes, even though we're sitting down, uh, to to keep it all going at the right moments. And so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'll just quickly, I just wanted to quickly say one more thing um, about yesterday. Okay. Um, Just the fact that, yeah, I, you know, the last time when I was at Aeolian Hall, just wanted to preface by saying that they are such a welcoming place. They've been great. Um, and yesterday I didn't get any of this, but the time that I was there a few years ago with, with my um, ex-girlfriend did at the time. Did we talk about this, this here on the, at the time? I don't remember. I think we did. But that was a long time ago. So just, just quickly mention that I had a couple of people, I don't even know if they worked there or if it was just other people who were there at the show, but it, there were a couple of people I heard sort of saying like, don't they have anyone with them? Like, oh, they really? can't see and yeah. this type of stuff is, is frustrating because it's like we're adults we're getting out in the community um, listen you know. I had a whole somebody Facebook post was explaining their own situation and I shared it on our Outlook page because it's one perspective but it it's common enough right where you get in the Uber and, and the Uber driver's like well who's coming traveling with you I can't take you without your handler and just because we use help assistance sometimes doesn't mean we need it all the time or that we should have it all the time. Well, that's that's the other thing. But people don't really understand that difference, I don't think. And that's the other thing is, for example, when we left, when I left yesterday, um, my my friend's mom's friend was was also there with them, and they offered to give me a ride back home. So when we were leaving, she said, "Did you want did you want an arm?" And that's one of those times where part of me is like, I should walk on my own because it shows people that I don't always need to be holding on to someone when I'm leaving this place. But then the other part of me was like. It's a little hard when you are inside and there's a lot of people around. Of course, if I was on my own, yeah, yeah. I would get up. I would walk slowly. 
I would ask someone for help if I didn't quite know. But it's it's an easy enough place to navigate around there. I kind of knew the bar was kind of back behind me. Yeah. I kind of knew the overall layout. But in the situation, sometimes you take the convenient option and you say, sure, I'll just quickly grab an arm in this case. So it's always that mental thing you're thinking in your mind is like, am I proving to people this time? Or am I, is this showing people that I always need to be holding on to someone? And it's, I don't know, it's just an ongoing sort of thing. But yeah. And we're told to just don't let it get to you. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing thing. There you have it. Anyhow, I'm going to, I feel like I've just been talking a lot. So let's move on to Carrie now and the big exciting news about this fancy new website that Carrie has up online, uh, which I've just loaded up on my phone, kconsulting.ca. Yes, I thought my birthday, like this time, it's really, I was nervous to put it out. It's been in the works for a couple months now. I've been thinking about it since longer than that, planning out what I would want it to be about and the theme and the name. Uh, Because I've had a blog in the past, a free WordPress blog. I tried having a travel writing website once. Uh, and both things sort of peter out and that's what happens in life. You move on from one thing to, then you try another, but I wanted one place where people could go to find me to see the work I've been doing the last couple of years, independently mostly. Um, I have some chronic illness and disability, so it's really hard to just do the nine to five regular work type situations. And it's been that way for many years, so I've never really got where others got to. So I feel a little behind in life, but I know... I'm not alone in that. Uh, but it was just still really vulnerable, the, the idea of putting this website out. You know, will I get critique? And sometimes feedback is great and it's helpful. But if you get too much or it's it's done without purpose, it can be a lot. So, yeah, I was kind of nervous to put it out. But I thought today when we're on air here with another mixed bag, still celebrating after my birthday weekend or whatever, I would uh, throw it on social media and so I'm starting to share it more and more around and hopefully it'll make make the rounds and we'll put it in the show notes for this show uh, and I appreciate anybody who checks it out yeah so for people to check it out and go to the website and uh, definitely do it up so you can get some so it's K hits. consulting meaning K-A-Y right so it's kconsulting.ca like you said K-A-Y consulting dot C-A now what um what is your general, like, what's the overall reason for you putting up this this website, Care? Well, I don't know if you have the tagline for the website there. For some reason, that doesn't, sh- I don't know if that needs to be I on think the title. Only, I think it only shows, like, if you, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not seeing the Writer, tagline. Writer, podcaster. <laughs> yeah, and I call myself a consultant of lived experience, meaning the work I've been doing in diversity, equity, inclusion areas specifically for blindness and disability uh i've done a lot of work on a child a children's book on some novels where i I do a read through for the person and i checked if they're not blind that they're writing about someone who is which we want to encourage more of we just want it done sensitively enough and i know people are gonna disagree on this whole sensitivity reader thing but i've found that it's it's great when publishers are starting to do more of it and a lot of more people are knowing about it and reaching out and uh, looking for people. And so I've been doing... Right. Well, you've touched on some of the sensitivity reading a little bit on this program mm-hmm. that you've started doing the last while. And I did find the tagline here. Um, writer, podcaster, artivist, which is a neat word. I like that word. Well, I've kind of made up my own titles. And consultant of lived experience. And like you say, that's another big one to where, you know, I think maybe now we're getting to a period of that a little bit more where people are, you know, there's so much sometimes in our society about 
the importance of school and university or college or There's one path to take. Yeah, post secondary and all this stuff when there is also so much gained in, in lived experience. And, you know, sometimes people who do have different disabilities and carry in your case, not even just the blindness, but the, the chronic pain that you've dealt with throughout your life, it can make these things a little more difficult than for the average person to do. But it doesn't still mean that you can't gain so much in life through your own experiences if you don't get a chance to go to school. Um, and I know. haven't been sitting idly by, right? That's right. the thing. I have to I have to know my own limits and pace myself. And I know pretty well by now, after all this time, what works for me. But society doesn't always know that. And so relaying that or trying to fit into the rest of what's going on around me is, is difficult. And during the pandemic, I, like you, you explained with your travel hesitancy now I had a, had a reason to sort of hide off, hide away and we were all doing it for a while there and I you know now now that things are opening up I'm struggling more again as well as my vision changes and trying to figure out what I'm doing uh, as I'm approaching 40 so I just thought this website would be one central place everybody could go um, to find out what I what I do and if they if they want to you know consult with a project they're doing of course, I am a white woman, a settler, so my perspective is just one of many, uh, and we want a wide array, a wide diverse, you know, array of people speaking on doing this work. So I'm hoping there, there's more and more for more and more of us because we need everybody's perspectives on this. I can I speak to disability, and I've had a lot of different experiences with blindness and with chronic illness, but uh, you have to work with with people and see if you're the right fit, which I like. I always try to do. Uh, not every project is is the right one, and uh, and I've had some great ones these last few years, and so I wanted this this central place. I haven't settled on one social media I love exactly, so why not have this? I don't have one of those link tree things that everybody has on Instagram. Well, you can still set that up anytime, and it still can still have a link might, to your website yeah. and your Facebook. I, I still may, I even though that stuff's on well, the website. I am on Instagram um, for my old blog <laughs> at KK Her Headache, but. Uh, I don't know if I'd start a new one. I think I could just sort of migrate, change but it is, what I have there. It is good to have a website in the sense that, you know, yeah. these days a lot of people do, social media has gotten pretty big to where websites maybe not as c- prominent as they used to be in some sense, but still, for something professional, it just it makes things seem a lot more professional to have that official website, I think, so that you're not mm-hmm. just using some other th- company that has tons of information from everyone on it. This is your own thing. Right. Um, and there's a really nice about section on, on K-Consulting people can read with... A lot of interesting, detailed information about you, Carrie. Um, it's written really well. Um, there's also images on here, and there's nice little image descriptions, like Carrie Kajewski, I design t-shirt. Um, you might want to even give a little more description for that, potentially. But Yeah, I know. It, we're working on writing image descriptions. And how, right, but at least it still has a label here. It doesn't just say image in, 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 yeah, when I'm most, reading it yeah. in Braille or with my screen reader. It does say that you're wearing an I design t-shirt, which you know we've spoken about them on this, on this program. Um, but yeah, there's a really nice section here, and then there's testimonials, what people say about K, which sounds kind of clever. <laughs> I think it rhymed. I liked it. So if you want to know what the K means, I mean, I could tell you here, or you could just go check. Oh well, yeah, I know. I have a bunch of information to read here, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to read it because I think people should go to K K A Y Consulting dot C A K A Y Consulting dot C A to to really read more about it. And of course, there's links to the podcast, our, our show here on, on the website because that's part of the work I'm doing. It, it all ties ties into the same thing. Um, I didn't sort of take on the, the term artivist and I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that the right that's the right one. I, I You might disagree, but I think it's kind of interesting and the work I like to do is creative. I, I like to do act, my, my advocacy work through creative 
things, whether it's, it's audio storytelling or soundscape or writing or musically or however I'm doing it. And uh, so I just, that's, I think you can reach people that way. And uh, so that's why I came up. And then, so lived the, the whole consultant thing, right? Everybody can make up these terms and uh, it, I just thought it um, worked for what I'm doing and I, I hope I explain myself well enough on the site for people to get an idea of what I've what I've been up to and what it's what it's all for yeah well like I say it's, it is a really nice um, option to have here and you know you're gonna I think you're gonna eventually start a blog here uh, yeah through the, this website. the first entry is there and the first one is basically just um, a lot of information to different links of articles I've written as a freelance writer uh, a lot of things that are about disability, so I, I'd like other eyes on them, like the uh, interview I did with Leona Godin uh, for Their Plant Eyes, A Personal and Cultural History of Blindness, the book we've been talking about the last couple of years here on Outlook, uh, um, on the rumpus. So I wanted links on my site like that so people can find them because I, I want her work showcased and uh, it matters to me. And so I like to support others and I like uh, community and coll- collaboration and compassion in what I what I do and, and when I work with others yeah and of course there's a there's a contact section here so people can reach out to carry the about section the blog section and you know of course this is in its earlier stages so there might be more more to come I don't know if you have any other anything else you want to share about future plans for it or if you're kind of learning but um, of course having the the outlook podcast right up on the on the homepage here a link to the most recent episode is nice embedded there just because again the more places you're something shows up the more audiences might come across right, it so right, right. it's nice to have that all in, in one in one place and I really struggled with how did I want this to look and I had a great friend who does great work uh, so if everybody likes what they see on there um, I haven't totally I'm not sure if she wants me to I don't know but anyway if you if you like what you see there reach out to me and I can let you know who did it but, but it was a, an, an old friend who is doing great work with website design and it's very secretive she can't be named well um, we, we're not even getting to half of what we want to get to today. Speaking of people and things. Oh, what else is there to get to? We have we have just under ten minutes. <laughs> Paul's thing. Anyway, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> it's weird promoting myself too much, but that's what you have to. That's what it is. That's well, I, I'm here too, so I can I can try my best to. to no, I just mean putting out a website at all. Right. Um, right. It, it it feels awkward to me, and uh, I'm taking the leap and doing it. But but as far as how did I want it to look? She wanted my feedback on this. And the, the more I can't see any any screens now, I start to forget what website might have looked like. So I have no perspective. But she just asked me what colors I like, what mood I'm going for. And my mood is kind of um, supposed to be serene and soothing. So I think it's greens and blue. And I think it's like an ocean view. And I think at one point it looks like you're looking out of a porthole on a, on a ship maybe. And I thought that was a great image for the, just the idea of perspective the kind of perspective you would get if you look through one of those those holes on a ship out to sea, it, you can relate that to perspective or outlook like we, you know, this show is all about. So I, I thought that was really great and uh, just happened to work out that way. But she tried to explain it as best she could to me. And we had to figure out too how to make it look f- visually pleasing, design elements that she puts on any, any website along with the accessibility that I would really... I can't not have on my my my, my website. Well, know? I think that's so. I think it's really interesting you bring up the the visual image part because yeah, that's yeah. another that's a part where for someone like me who's never had vision, of course, if I had a website again, which I've you know I've been thinking about doing for my music show Chin Music that I have on this station, it's the same idea to where that wouldn't come to my mind as much maybe as you because you've had more vision, but yet 
unlike someone might assume, oh, you're blind, you're going to set up a website, you wouldn't need anything visual. It's like, we still want people who can see to check out our website. Well, that's the point. This, this website is for audiences who aren't blind, but also for people right, for with both. all kinds it's of It's like any of these things. It's for, it's like this show. It's for, right. we kind of gear yeah, it. People and, like to ask us who this show's for, and it's like, well, it's for anybody who listens. Well, in a way, we, uh, we try to gear it more towards sighted listeners in the sense that we're really trying to bring more awareness in the general public about this stuff. But yet, of course, there's a lot of topics that blind people will find interesting since it's a focus on this stuff. And it's sharing so. a lot of their perspectives as far as the interviews that we do. And right. So it's it's for both. But, um, of course, the website, you want it to be visually appealing for sighted viewers, but yet you also want to make sure it's accessible. And I just think, think this is a time to quickly, you know, emphasize that point that anyone who is designing a website for wh- wherever you are, whatever, whether you're working with blind people or not in, in generally, you never know someday when someone blind might want to use your website or might want to work for your company. So having all websites accessible is important. And I don't know, Carrie, who you consulted for the accessibility of your website, but that's something that people do need to be aware of. And, you know, maybe it's just, it's not talked about maybe enough to even know where to go, but you know, there are companies, there are people that try to focus on the accessibility of websites. Um, that you can reach out to, or, you know, you can also just ask anyone who's blind to kind of check it out and see how accessible it is for them um, to use. Yeah, I will. That's, I mean, I don't want to get too much free labor, but as far as people just checking it out when I share it around, if if they have a thought and they have a suggestion that I did, I missed, let me know. I have been working in the last several years about to, to sort of soak up what accessibility is for different different people. So I, I hope that I covered some most of it, but of course I, I I'm sure there's room for improvements and so it's it's out there now at some point you got to let it out and let it go and uh i I am happy that it's out yeah so kconsulting.ca that's k-a-y consulting.ca go check it out we'll share it in the podcast notes and i'm sure we'll continue to talk about it on future programs and anytime you make some changes to it or we'll we'll keep promoting it on on the program so so you're listening to outlook here today we have just about five minutes left do you want to end with uh the white cane thing yeah, um, we, it, the week did just wrap up. Right, we did get a we did get a statement from Disability Without Poverty. The um, Bill C twenty two did pass the third reading. That's something we were talking about near the end of last year with Janet Rodriguez from Disability Without Poverty was on the program. So it's nice to hear that they actually reached out and sent us their new um, press release for this the passing of the third reading and that this bill is moving through the Senate, you know, gradually. But this is for the disability benefit um, and the fact that a lot of people on disability are living in poverty now and some people are homeless and it's just with inflation and all these things. So that's something important um, that was sent to us that I thought we should quick mention um, here today and we can get into a bit more detail later, but there's not too much to say aside from the fact that it did pass the third reading, this Bill C-22 and and uh, thanks to um, Amy Ma of Communications at Disability Without Poverty for reaching out to us to let us know to, that uh, they, she appreciated having Janet us having Janet Rodriguez on our program and uh, that it got some reach to get the word out about this bill and that it did pass its third reading. Um, but then, yeah, if you want to talk briefly, Kara, about the the White Cane... Yeah, White Cane Week was all last week. And, uh, of course, we use White Canes. And then the other day, it was right around my birthday, our, our older brother, Paul, he sent me an email on one morning and uh, said that his HR department just sent them um, a statement, uh, all the employees, the statement, uh, so it was an employee wellness and awareness. Um, and he works at a furniture company, globalfurnituregroup.com. And it's just great to hear that these companies are starting to release things like this at times like White Cane Week. 
um, I read the PDF he sent me and it, it, it gave me the vibe that it was written by somebody with disabilities who knows a lived experience, as I call that, or at least consulted with someone with disability. You can just tell them some of the things they include for, for what, just to let people know what white canes are and a bit more about them. Um, and to just, just let them know the simplest things like that blind people, yes, we can work. We can be out in the community. We can do so many things that anyone else can do. And the white cane is just one of the ways that helps us do that. Um, but I was so happy to see that. And uh, yeah, so I, I hope more companies do that. And of course you hope it, it moves on to more action than, than just that. Any employee can just not read a PDF, right? Right. It gets sent on from the human resources at, at the company of Global Furniture Group. And, you know, some people might not read it, but maybe hopefully a lot will. And I think so. It looks like it was written by somebody named Lisa Kovac from the AODA. Oh, I didn't find that part. I yeah. was trying to find it the, said, the author. It says right after the date on February 8th. Yeah. I got the feeling out. that it was... So someone yeah. from the AODA, I don't know if this person specifically was blind, but like you say, the way it was written, it was very detailed. And it also talks a lot about, a little bit about employment and the lack of employment, um, that this the awareness of blindness just isn't out there enough to, to make people feel comfortable to hire someone blind onto their company. So I just thought that all really tied in well with, with the fact that we do need to bring more awareness and the fact that this White Cane Week press release was sent out or whatever you'd want to call it. I don't know if a press release is the best term, but... Yeah, it was more like a memo or like a... Right. A pamphlet for the employees. Yeah, but no, there was a lot of great stuff written in here, and I wouldn't... I wish we had time kind of to share a bit more of it, but <laughs> as we say, we always run out of time on these shows before, you know, the hour is up. Yeah, we wanted to mention it at the end here because we, you know, it's the family connection there and uh, also that it, White Cane Week has just wrapped up. So the, the further we get away from... Well, you can still always talk about white canes, though, because this is still important information. So maybe we'll we go may back circle to this back to this. Who knows? At some point, but yeah, they talk a lot about travel training and having mobility skills, and order before you can get a guide dog. Like they're just a lot of important things. Whereas you know, the average person might think, "Oh, you just get a guide dog; they do everything. You don't need mobility skills to get it." Well, our guest last week, Kim Kilpatrick, uses mostly guide dogs to get around, and so White Cane Week is you know it's good to mention both and so to let people know. But yeah, most people don't know what a guide dog does. Yeah, no, but I, I agree. I thought this, that was a really nice uh, write-up that uh, was sent out to the global employees. And thanks to our brother, of course, for letting us know that he received that. And uh, yeah, it's great to see that company doing that. So shout-outs to Global. And uh, hopefully more companies will start sending out memos like that to their employees so more and more people are aware. So actually hiring blind people to do things, yeah. Exactly, yeah. All right. All right, I think that does it. The jam-packed mix bag for <laughs> post-birthday wrap-up. And uh, thanks for indulging me about the website. I will not ramble on all the time about it, but... Uh, no, it's important we talk about it, of course, on, on this show. And yeah. and uh, congratulations on the website, Care K-Consulting, K-A-Y Consulting.ca. And again, one more happy birthday, Carrie. And then I think we'll probably stop talking about your birthday <laughs> after that. But. And happy Radio Day, everyone. Indeed, World Radio Day. We'll be back next week. With more outlook, and uh, we'll see you then. Send us an email outlook on radiowestern at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at outlookcfb and on Facebook, facebook.com slash outlook on radio western. 